What the fuck is up, world? We're back. Another podcast. This podcast, like all the other ones, is undoubtedly special to me for all the reasons we've discussed already before. But perhaps this one more so, just slightly, just slightly. And when I say that, I mean it with the utmost respect to my previous podcast guest, Elvira uh, Manuela. What's up? I see you guys. I'm looking forward to getting back in here with you all soon in the future to do another podcast with you all. But this particular guest today is important to me in a way that very few people on this planet can say they have the privilege of doing so. Uh, I'm speaking here of my friend, colleague, and former professor, Allah Salama. Um, I got a lot to say about Alama. Uh, Alama. That's not your name, dog. I'm sorry. Allah Salama, right? And I'm going to do so interspersed throughout the duration of his podcast. So rather than introducing him, I will allow the man to introduce himself. So if you will. Okay, the name is not Allah. It's Allah Salama. I mean, That's the technical way of saying it. I apologize. <laughs> right, right, right. Allah Salama, Palestinian, definitely a Muslim. So this is who I am. Teacher, I teach sociology, philosophy, ethics. This and is... when he was my professor, it was actually for the philosophy of religion class that is taught oh, at El Paso right. Community College. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Way back in the day, actually, in order to keep some sort of continuity between the last podcast the cave part one on the learning how to heal and the role that philosophy plays in that. I was actually going to be a motherfucking lawyer prior to stepping into this motherfucker's class right here. I remember the exact day actually that I decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try philosophy. I'm going to try my hand in philosophy. I actually walked out of his class and walked straight to the fucking counselors and said, I am changing my major today. Bad and move. Bad move. Yes. Still to this day. I still, I agree. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, it's not a bad move per se. I can still become a lawyer, you know, all that kind of stuff in the future. But I, without a doubt, I was leaning already towards uh, being undecided about majoring in philosophy to begin with. But that particular class, the philosophy of religion, that's what that that's what sealed the deal. Cool, cool. I actually, we we can, we, we might be talking today about religion also. I oh, would no, like no. To... We're absolutely 100% going to talk about religion. There's no questions about this. In fact, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, But this is good. the perfect segue to a little bit of a discussion, a, little, a pretext before we actually got uh, started filming and rolling is uh, I, I'm excited to have Allah here to talk about Islam in general, especially because one of the things that I took away most from your class is how terrible of an understanding i had not just of islam but of muslim culture in general well to be honest with you isaac the tragic part i think is um is that most muslims and i mean most muslims have a wrong understanding of islam so not just you which is understandable because how would you know but even the people who claim to be practicing islam i believe have a misunderstanding of islam a fundamental at the fundamental level and misunderstanding of Islam. So, yeah, worry uh, about it. That's a pretty fucking bold statement to make, but it doesn't shock me in the slightest way because I think if we're being even more honest, obviously I'm not a religious person. I'll, I'll outright say that. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. Definitely but going again, to hell. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the ride, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it before we get there. That's for sure. Um, I think the same, though, can be said about most Christians yes, and most yes, Jewish people yes, and most fucking Buddhist people, yes, et cetera. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate, but um, that's the way it is. And hopefully I because I had for the longest time also a misunderstanding of Islam until recently, until the past maybe four months when I start getting into it, getting back into it, because 
um, I gave up Islam. I didn't give up on it. I never did give up on Islam, but I gave it up because of because of weakness, I guess. But then I came back and I start um start trying to understand it without without how would you say it without any already existing ideas or beliefs and i am ecstatic okay so i guess more context into the into this conversation just so we could situate it a little bit better uh despite the fact that allah is a colleague and what i would consider a very close friend of mine we haven't conversed much naturally because you know shit gets hectic throughout the course of the semesters so this is our first time actually having a conversation face to face in in in, in over four months for sure right 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 so right. this is something of a revelation to me that you are going to come out here and explicitly state that you have gotten back into islam because as far as i've as for as long as i've known you you've never really answered one way or another uh, and when pressed about your religious convictions right uh but before we get there you said something very interesting that i it's one of the central focuses of my podcast uh, my philosophy in general, my hood philosophy, right? And that is weakness on your behalf. And I know, I, I think I at least have an idea about what it is that you're speaking of when you say weakness, but I'm hoping just for the sake of the listeners and even for myself, just so we can uh, make sure that we're all on the same footing here. What exactly you mean by a weakness that kept you from, or from returning back to Islam? Um, I cannot answer that question directly. I have to preface that question and lay out the ground in order for you to truly understand what weakness is from an Islamic standpoint. Um, but Islam is a very, very demanding religion. Um, Islam has an agenda. Islam as I understand it. Obviously, I could be wrong, which I'm not. But let's just say that, I mean, it's a possibility that I'm wrong. Um, Islam has an agenda, has a goal, and the goal is to achieve superior personality, superior individuals, and superior society or superior community. I don't mean perfect. Islam doesn't believe in perfection, but excellent. Um, and in the process of achieving something like that, you have to work on certain weaknesses. You, you know, that's what I mean. But, but hopefully in the duration of this, um, whatever, talk, conversation, you'll, you'll understand what I mean by weakness. Uh, I really hope so, too. And, you know, rather than just fucking beat around the bush, I'm just going to jump right into it. I know one of the tenets of my brief limited understanding of Islam is the lack of alcohol consumption within the religion. And this is very important to me very recently. I don't know. You could see definitely for sure right here on the back of me over here. I have the words uh, addiction, recovery and relapse written in fucking giant bold. And again, for those of you who have been keeping up with the podcast, first of all, thank you. Second of all, uh, you know that the idea of recovery is very important to me right now. Uh, and when I speak of recovery, I speak of recovery in two in two facets. Allah, I speak of it in terms of the recovery of existence, first and foremost, right? recovering our existence from this fucking state of fallenness, if you will, that we find ourselves living in just by virtue of, you know, uh, the what I argue is the terrible miseducation that we've endured through public schools and through just society in general, right? But also recovering our existence from the many shortcomings that we as individuals have as people, uh, specifically those that we've developed in hopes of trying to cope with a lot of the trauma, I guess specifically, but more importantly, the just the harshness of reality, right? 
And for me, for the longest time, I know we've had this conversation interspersed throughout the, uh, you know, the fucking almost 10 years now that we've known each other, but it was always alcohol, right? For you. For, for me you. personally. For you. Okay. Yes, for me personally. Okay. And alcohol was, is still a weakness of mine in the sense that for the longest time, basically up until two years ago, when I made the conscientious decision not to get entirely sober per se, but definitely to scale back on my drinking quite substantially, right? And the reason I decided to do so is because I started to realize that I was beginning, I wasn't even beginning. I had completely lost who I thought that I was as a person to my alcohol, just the alcohol consumption in general. And when I stopped like initially drinking, I realized just how vulnerable I was as a person, just how, uh, just how weak I was overall as a purpose, as a person. No, 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 Isaac, hold on. Talk about that vulnerable part. The but vulnerability it, came into play where I, there was a lot of unchecked past issues that I had not dealt with. And there was a lot of current shortcomings that I was not addressing. And I was allowing the false sense of grandeur that's associated with excess alcohol consumption to delude me into thinking that those shortcomings were that natural part of life that everybody had them and that there was nothing particularly unique about me and my shortcomings and that I should be allowed to go ahead and do so. And, you know, if people didn't like it, then that's their fault because fuck them. They should accept me for who I am. Right. But I actually disagree. Oh, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. But, and before, you know, before we get even deeper into it, I'll, I'll allow you to jump in here quickly, but I will just say this before I, uh, I do so. The alcohol consumption was preventing me from coming to this realization of right, just right, how right, fucked right, that right. thought pattern was. Right. So when we speak of recovery, then in that respect, it's like, there's this whole aspect of your life that you need to reclaim and you're not doing so because of the alcohol consumption, which is what brings me to the whole Islam culture. And they're, uh, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's written in, in the codes, essentially, of why alcohol is evil. Right, right, right. Um, okay, I, I just want to say something real quick and then I want to make a bigger point you said that people should should accept you for who you are. I completely disagree with that. I only accept or even respect that which I agree with. Um, I respect your freedom to be whatever you want, but I don't have to agree or accept or respect what you choose. I don't have to. If it, if I don't agree with it, it's I mean it's why would I respect something that I disagree with? It just doesn't make any sense. I respect your freedom to be that, to choose that. That's fine. That's fine, but your views, I don't have to. I'm not saying that I don't respect your views, but I'm saying I don't have to. That's actually a very powerful statement to make. And in the interest of full disclosure, if you do, in fact, plan on coming on board to the, the lefty liberal academic camp where I currently find myself in, it's what we would refer to as a very problematic view. Because obviously inherent, I'm not saying it's wrong. In fact, I 100% agree with everything you just said. And more importantly, I disagree with the desire to shut people down who are trying to say such things because obviously, uh, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to say obviously, so let me just pre let me qualify it. And I, the reason I say obviously is because I don't want to go down this rabbit hole just yet because I think we're onto something more important than this discussion. This discussion is being had ad nauseum, right? But it, it's important to at least address it because it, it did emerge. It's uh, it's uh, the current shift in academia, for instance, is towards inclusivity. Right. So when you have people who come on and say, I don't have to fucking respect, I don't have to agree with what you are, what you represent. I will respect your freedom to choose. So we, we find it pretty problematic because the general consensus, and this is where they're fucking, this is where I believe they're also wrong, 
is that you should allow people to be who they are. Now, why I believe they're wrong, and perhaps I think me and you are getting the same vibe here, is because that's kind of a cop-out to be... Uh, it allows you a cop-out to not have to work towards becoming the better person than we're capable of becoming. Right, right. Um, okay, I, I think there's a misunderstanding here. Um, when I say I don't have to respect your view, I'm not saying that I will not allow you to express it. Yes, absolutely. This, That's yeah. the point that I'm trying to get across. Just right. so we're 100 fucking percent clear. Right, 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 right. These are completely two different things. I will fight for your right to express it, but I will also fight against your views if I believe that your view, after you express them, if I believe that your views are harmful and damaging. Um, I mean, if we are going to say that we should allow people to be who they are and do whatever they want. And I mean, it sounds great, man, but it's impractical. I mean, why don't we allow Hitler to do whatever the hell he wants? Very true. Right. I mean, we say stuff because it sounds right. But come on, man, we don't allow people and we shouldn't in certain situations allow people to be who they are. Um, I mean, take a pedophilic, for example, and I'm not going to apologize, by the way. Um, I'm not going to allow that pedophilic to express himself. Unless I, they do so through the form of the Catholic Church, in which case, apparently, collectively, we've all decided it's okay. I No, we didn't, <laughs> and neither did the Catholic Church. I don't think the Catholic Church endorses that. I am, I don't I am generalizing hastily. I right, right, I just, right. I had to take that opportunity I, to remind people <laughs> that there's pedophilia going on right now that many of us are turning a blind eye towards, and it's not right. Right, I'm sorry, right. I agree. No, no, I, I just made my point. However, However, the bigger point that I want to make, Isaac, which baffles me, man, is that we... We're talking, I mean, right now, you and I had just, without us knowing it, have engaged in morality. You know, yeah, what is right, what is wrong. And um, that happens all the time. And, for example, we construct a certain education system or an economic um, institution or policy or, or, or political policy without asking the most fundamental question for me. The most fundamental question is, what is the purpose of man? Because if we do not know the answer to that question, then how the hell are you constructing or why or based on what are you deciding that this education policy is better than that one? All right. So we're just going to jump right into it, I see. And I'm fucking all I am 100 percent here for it. So with that in mind, please. Please tell me what, at least according to Islam, the nature of man is and how more specifically you think that can pertain to us here in the 21st century United States of America. Got it. Got it. Um, um, at least according to the Quran, at least to, according to my understanding of the Quran, and I cannot emphasize this enough that I could be completely wrong. But if what I'm saying or about to say is wrong, it's not the Quran's fault. It's my fault. I am the wrong one. If, and if I say something right, then it's coming from the Quran. It's not coming from me. I really, truly, truly believe that, Isaac. Um, so anyway, I've been engaged questioning the purpose of man for a while, mostly because of my interactions with students. You know, we teach philosophy and I teach sociology and that question comes up all the time. And according to Nietzsche, for example, or according to people like Jean Paul Sartre, whatever, there is no absolute nature. You know, there is no human nature, just whatever. So I try. I decided to investigate that from you know by 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 um trying to read the Quran, but truly read it, not just read it, but analyze it like the God of the Quran demanded, because he did demand analysis. 
Um, and when I start reading it, the, the, the answer came straight up to me. God said, I've created man to worship me, period. And I thought, wait a minute, are you kidding me? You just wrote 114 chapters in the Quran, 6,000, what is it, 400 and something um, verses in the Quran just because of that, because you want people, you created all of that just because you wanted people to worship you. It just didn't, it didn't, I don't know, I didn't want to say it didn't make any sense, but I thought there, there has to be more to that. I kept reading, and then that same God says, and by the way, I don't need your worship. I personally don't need your worship. If you worship me, if you don't worship me, if you follow me, if you don't follow me, if all the people in the world, it says that in the Quran, believed or didn't believe, it's not going to affect me any an inch because guess what? I'm perfect. And perfection, you cannot add to perfection and you cannot take away from perfection. So this God who's saying, I've created man to, and by man, I, obviously I mean mankind. Um, unfortunately, you know, the English language doesn't help me with that. Um, I created mankind to worship me. And then in the same, same place, actually the same sentence, comma, he says, by the way, I don't need you. And I thought, okay, what the hell, man? So why did you create? And I start analyzing that statement. I created man to worship me. And he was talking about an action, action for us to worship. That's an action that he wants from us to act in a certain way to worship. Okay. So what is the result of the action? Because as any intelligent person should know, an action is always a solution to a problem. Think about it. You brush your teeth. Why? That's an action. Brushing your teeth. That's an action. But why? In order for you to solve the problem of healthy teeth or whatever. You drive. That's an action. You drive to solve the problem of transportation. Think of any action. And that, by the way, that's something that you most people are not taught. An action, the nature or the function or the purpose of an action is to solve a problem. If there were no problem, you won't do that action. So I asked myself, okay, you want me to, do, do you follow me so far? I'm with you 100%. Okay. Cause I want you to jump in. If you don't no, understand no, I'm, something. I'm a student right now. I'm listening. Keep going. Okay. Um, and so you're asking me to do an act to worship. And I thought to myself, okay, why? Why? What, what is the outcome of that act? And immediately that God says, because the outcome of that act is going to give you, forgive me for um, the English translation is not, is not helping here, is to, if you do the act of worshiping, you become alive, but not at once. It's a process. It's actually becoming alive. Okay. And I thought, okay, that's beautiful. How? And I start actually trying to study that and to answer that question, the specific question, how does worship as a cause leads to becoming alive as an effect? And then it hit me, Isaac. What does he mean by worship? What does it consist of? What does it entail? And in the Quran, the Quran talks about four ways of worshiping God, and, and they have to be both or all four of them. The first one is absolute submission to God, and that's what Islam means, to submit, to surrender to God. So no Islam peace. What do you no, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the language, um, the, the word itself, Islam has a root that means peace and submission, but it's okay. the but it's the kind of submission. The word in Arabic is loaded. That one word in Arabic, it's that submission that results in peace. Okay. Okay. Um. So total submission to God. That's number inner peace or outer peace. Both, believe both. it or not. Okay. Believe okay. it or not, both. 
Um, by out of peace, you mean social, correct? Yes, social. Yes, yes, socially, yes, yeah. I, yes, yes. So that's the first one total. And I'm, 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 hopefully you're going to ask me about each one of them, but Absolutely. I'm just going to go. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't want to keep interjecting. So if you need to just list them first. No, no, no. Yes, yes, okay. yes. But you can okay. keep interjecting. You know how I work. Actually, I work better Absolutely. with questions. Absolutely. Um, so the first one is total submission to God, total surrender to God, to one God. That's what no God but God. La ilaha illallah. No God but God. That's what it means. Total submission, total surrender to God. So that's the first one. The second one is total belief in the afterlife. Right? That's okay. the second one. The third one is the vicegerency, the stewardship. To what? What? Say that one more time. Vicegerency, stewardship. 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 Okay, yes. I apologize. Go yes, ahead. yes. A representative of God on, on the earth. Okay. And the fourth one is rituals. Okay. And the rituals consist of four as far as I can understand the Quran so far. I'm not done. I'm on this beautiful high. And I mean high, but I'll get back to it. Um, the, the, the rituals are five prayers every day. The fasting during the month of, month of Ramadan. The almsgiving. You know, zakat, giving money to, yes. um, and the pilgrimage. Okay. And so those are the four. And God is saying, that's how you worship me, right? You don't worship me by saying, thank you, God. I love you, God, or whatever. That's not the God of Islam. Actually, thank you, God, in the Quran requires work. God says, don't thank me by saying thank you. Go do some work. Okay. So you follow so far? I'm 100%. And I have the question brewing, so I'm just waiting. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, okay, no. I'm done with the four. Okay, beautiful. The question is simple, man. So I guess before I even state the question, I'm going to qualify it even further, which is to say that I, I am so happy, A, that you decided to come onto the podcast and B, that we're even talking about this because again, my terrible, terrible misunderstanding of what fundamentals still to this day, obviously, because I don't even practice Islam. In fact, if I'm led to be uh, believed correctly, whatever I did practice, it wasn't even correct because it shouldn't be translated outside of Arabic and anything that has been translated outside of Arabic is not the real deal, right? At, at, at all. And I'm glad you said that. Sorry to cut you off, no, Isaac, okay. because... Every word in the Quran makes a difference. Every letter in the Quran makes a difference. And um, so, yeah. So the reason I qualify that then is by saying is because obviously we're going to have the, 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 the worst interpretation of Islam, period, just by virtue of the fact that the people who are giving us the information of Islam have never had the vested interest in telling us any information that is going to be of any practical benefit to us as individuals, the people in power, the people in control, et cetera, and so on and so forth. Right. That's the first part. But more importantly, and this is, it leads to the next part, and that is of the, the war within, the spiritual war within, right? And when I started to learn about this kind of stuff, that is what really, really fundamentally altered my perception and understanding of Islam. Now, I'm not going to say that I, I would never practice Islam per se, right? But everything that you said just you now... You might. Just give me, give, me, <laughs> give me a minute. No, no, no. No religion for me. No, thank you. Right? But... um. Everything you did just say right now act actually coincides to what I have found has been very, it, it, it's almost demanded of anybody who's attempting to recover their existence. And it's, I had a student come in uh, a while back, over a year ago, right? And they made a comment about how difficult it was to be happy. And that fuck if that comment did not resonate deeply within me, right? And We'll we'll I'll extrapolate why as this podcast continues so that we don't detract from the point that you're trying to make here shortly. But just alone in everything that you've just said, that further amplifies the point this young lady was making, right? Now, whether actual happiness is the end goal of what the Islam religion asks of its individuals, I, I can't say for sure. But I can say 
that for me personally, for instance, I need to keep a very regimented schedule in order to attain the happiness that I desire, right? So when it comes to this Islam, there seems to be something in the, in, in the codes that you just explained to me that are demanding even a very regimented lifestyle from the practitioner in order to attain this overall good in which, or peace even, I, I guess I could even say, that the religion itself seems to be predicated upon. Right. So I was hoping you could extrapolate on that. Yes, yes. Um, and by the way, I, I, I mentioned something that I, when, I was, when I was saying it, I was looking at your face and I, I felt that you found it surprising. The fact that God doesn't demand anything, in the God of Islam, for himself. Actually, he says it in the Quran. This is not for me. Do whatever you want. This is what I'm telling you is right. But it's not for me. I don't want you to worship me for me. I don't want you to do the rituals for me. I don't want you to do any of that for me. I'm perfect. I'm up there. You cannot touch me. I'm asking you to do it for you. To me, that's a very, very important point in the Quran. The second important point, the Quran makes it again and again and again, is that I'm not telling you anything new. The Quran says that. I'm not telling you anything that you didn't know. I'm not coming up with a new theory. I'm not coming up with anything original. It says that again and again and again. I'm telling you something that you already know. All I'm doing is reminding you of what you forgot. Reminding you, which implies that you know it already. Um, so it's not like um, <clears throat> some of those philosophical theories or, or whatever political theories, somebody is coming up with something new. The Quran makes sure to say that all of this is basic. All of this you know already. It's just a reminder. See, a lot of people don't understand that about Islam. They think because when I talk about it or when I explain it, people come back and say, well, but yeah. And I'm like, my point exactly. That's the whole point to get you to say, well, but yeah, it's basic. It's whatever. That's the whole point. It's nothing against your nature. It's nothing that you didn't know. So I guess to um, answer, not your question per se, but your comment in regards to my facial expression, you read it. You fucking hit the head right. You hit the nail right on the head. It was one of, uh, I was definitely, I'm definitely taking it back. And the reason I'm taking it back is because part of me, for the longest time, I've made the comment now, still, it's, it's the residual effect, effect of that. Uh, I am vehemently anti, I've, I've, I've been vehemently anti-religion for a long time. And part of that was further, uh, it was further expedited, uh, uh, extrapolated rather, uh, when I started to research the history of religion here on, you know, this continent, Turtle Island, America, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? And part of me feels really still to this day, very angry and resentful about the treatment of the indigenous inhabitants of this continent, my, you know, ancient Mexica ancestry, if you will, at the hands of Christians, for example, right? So for the longest time, I have taken a vehemently anti-religious stance just by proxy of being, you know, just so bitter towards the past. And then you amplify that with actual philosophical discourse, training, I should say, brainwashing even. Uh, and I, I get to, 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 this, to this dilemma where the philosopher in me, the trained philosopher, who again has is influenced by this resentment already imbued in me towards religion. And then the other aspect of me that despite that, I still feel there's still something there that I can't quite fucking make sense of, right? There's a, a life outside of this life, if you will, a life before this life, a life after this life, something higher, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? So that, that look of exasperation then was me trying to come, come to terms with this. The, 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 this dichotomy and the dichotomy is simple. 
the philosopher, the rationalist inside of me wants to say, well, it doesn't fucking make sense that anything could come before God or that God, Allah, is teaching you something that's already existed because that would imply some sort of negation to its imperfection, right? And at the same time, it doesn't, it, it doesn't coincide with my understanding of what the problem of free will is, namely in the sense that you're either chosen or you're not chosen. You, can't, you can either have choice or you can't have choice. So the look then of exasperation comes where the philosopher side of me knows this, but there's this aspect of me that has been almost alienated, if you will. It's like this, it's, it's a stranger just walking this land without any sort of guidance in the terms of the spiritual, because I'm not going to say that I'm a dualist, but I'm not going to say that I'm not a dualist. Does that make sense? In the sense, for those of us who are listening, who are not familiar with this, it's this idea that we consist of both a body and a mind, a body and a soul, right? And I'm not going to go so far as say that I am a physic, a dualist, but I'm definitely not going to say that I'm a physicalist. And I'm just going to say that it all ends here at the, at, at, as soon as our body expires, right? So the exasperation then comes where me personally in this process of becoming that you're speaking of yourself is I'm trying to make sense of that shit myself too. Like, yo, seriously, what the fuck is going on? And is it possible that I am keeping myself from this whole other world that potentially exists for no other reason than past historical actions that were committed upon the indigenous peoples of Turtle Island. Hey, 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 isn't that the cave that you teach your students? All the time. It's right? exactly what we were talking about the right? last time. But if you could please elaborate on your, on your particular interpretation of that. What, the cave? Uh, no, no, how it uh, relates specifically to this example. Okay, okay. But again, I want to make sure that you understand and hopefully the audience understand and not necessarily agree, just understand that everything God is asking for in the Quran is not for him because that makes a huge difference because we're not talking about this dictator, this authoritarian that is saying, do things for me or give me this or give me that. He's not. So that's a very important point because that's what pushed me to ask myself, okay, if it's not for you, then what, man? Why do you want me to worship? And specifically that kind of worship to totally submit to you. You're asking me to totally submit to you and you're saying that's for you, Allah, not for me, God. Allah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's for you, Isaac. That's not for God. You know, you're saying to totally submit for me. So I question myself. I question that statement. Okay, total submission for your sake, Isaac, not for the sake of God. I'm just going to say Isaac because Allah and Allah yeah, kind of like it's confusing yeah, in English. Um, and then it turns out that that total submission results in a high like you can't believe and i use the word high um intentionally because i have experience with getting high and i can tell the difference between the two isaac i'm a walking crying machine my tears just come up out of nowhere when i'm reading the quran or when i'm driving my car and i'm thinking about stuff i start tearing up but they are the tears of dignity it's unbelievable Go ahead. You want to say something? No, no, I'm, I'm listening right now. Um, and that state made me question, okay, why? How, how did that total submission, when I, when I managed actually to kind of submit to God, because I did not achieve that total submission. Um, that's where the process comes in. But I've achieved some submission and I um, got some of that high, not that total high, and it turned me into a completely different person. I mean, completely different person, a completely different outlook on life, seeing things in a very, very different light. I guess that's what the Sufis call um, the unveiling, the kesh. And the Sufis, for those of us who are unaware? 
The Sufis are a branch of Muslims who dedicate their life totally um, to to God, and they become immersed in God, and um, and and they speak of this state of being that they call kashf, which is unveiling. You know, when you when you when you submit to God completely, you start seeing the very object that you've been looking at all your life, but in a completely different light. Um, and that's that's what they talk about. I obviously haven't achieved that state of being. I only ask that you uh, extrapolate because, again, for those of us who are unfamiliar with the the the, the Islam faith, there's there's three sects, if I'm correct. Yes, more. There, there's more, more? But, the, okay. but 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 the two main ones are the Sunni and the Shia. Okay, and yes. then there's the Sufis. This yes, more of like yes. a mystical but tradition. The mystical, yes, yes. But the Sufis are mostly Sunni also. Okay, okay. Right. And I'm sorry, I don't. I, I'm not trying to take away and distract from that, but I'm trying to give as much information as we possibly can to Good. the religion itself. For the purpose of undoing many of the misconceptions that we have just no, by no, virtue no. of being let's, fucking Americans, man. Let's go do all the misconceptions. I don't care. People let's say, do it. They say Muslim and they lump you all into one giant group, man. Whether it be right. fucking terrorist or whether it be fucking Sunni. Whether don't it be point Shi. at me when you say terrorist. I'm not pointing it's at you. Scary, I'm pointing man. at the wall <laughs> okay, over there. There you go. Right? But I'm saying this, this, is the, this is the mentality that we're working against, right? Absolutely. So, when, so I, I press to give as much information about it as possible to get people to understand, yo, Saying that all Muslims, they're, they're, they all fall under one umbrella is saying like all fucking brown people who speak Spanish are Mexican. Like it's not the same shit. Aren't they? And, no, they're not, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Or fortunately, I should say more. Right, right, right. Isaac, but but let me stress something out here. I am not a Sunni. I am not a Shia. I am not a Sufi. I don't belong to any of the Islamic schools. Okay, pause. I don't mean to cut you off, but this perhaps is the most important thing to me that you could possibly say right now. And if you could please continue. What is? that? The fact that you're making a clear distinction that you do not identify with any to. group whatsoever. I had to. If you if you remember what I said earlier, I had to, to go back and read the Quran with fresh eyes, not Sunni eyes because I was born and raised as a Sunni, not with a Shia um, eyes because I'm familiar with it, but complete without any of this stuff. And that's when the Quran start making sense to me in a way that when I was reading it before, didn't. That's when I start discovering jewels in the Quran that I couldn't before because I was blocked or or filtered through my Sunni, through my background. I, I had to. I had to let all of that go if I wanted to read the Quran like Muhammad did when he was nothing. When Muhammad started um, receiving the revelations, he wasn't a Sunni, he wasn't a Shia, he wasn't nobody. You know, and nothing. And so I wanted to to read the Quran or more precisely to feel the Quran without any, um, I don't know, the luggage that I have. Uh, uh, otherwise, I mean, think about it, Isaac. Think about it. Um, if I say something to you, you're, whether you like it or not, whether you try to help, I mean, you, you're Hispanic, correct? And you're an, Chicano, we're being really correct. There Keep you going. Go. Okay, <laughs> Chicano, and you're an American, and you are a male. Um, so when I say something to you, whether you realize it or not, my statement is filtered through these perspectives. Absolutely. And so when you receive in your brain, in your mind, what I'm telling you, it's not what I told you. It's a distorted reality of what I told you. Filtered through the lens of absolutely Chicano, all, of the, all American, these identities that exactly, you have. Exactly. And, and 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 I'm gonna use that as a segue to my next point, but let me finish my my this point. Um so in order for me to understand the Quran fully, which I didn't yet I'm, I'm barely starting. I had to get rid of these identities. 
so the words of the Quran can come to me without any filters. I haven't achieved that yet, but I'm working on it and I'm getting better at it. Um, so when 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 I start feeling that way, and you know, with the tears, with the absolute peace inside, and peace that comes with so much strength, and that's the beauty of it. It's not just hippie peace, it's peace that comes with a lot of power in it. I asked myself, okay, how did the submission to God lead to that? And it turns out it's all contained in La ilaha illallah. There's no God but God. In order for you to achieve that submission to God, correct, you have to submit to the only one God. So that means you have to get rid of the main God that you've been following all your life. And by the way, when I say you, I mean me. Of course, uh, of course. Um, the main God that you've been following all your life, which is ego. Ego. And I start unpacking this ego thing, which is so abstract. And it turns out in the Quran, the ego is your nationality, your race, your desire for money, for power, your gender, your all of these identity that you're talking about. These are the ego. These are the gods, sorry, that you need to get rid of in order for you to receive whatever statement that is coming to you without it being distorted. Correct? Absolutely. Now. Watch what happens. The moment you get rid of that ego, and I'm not talking about the abstract ego. I'm talking about your desire for sex, your desire for money, your desire for power, your desire for social admiration, um, and your nationality, and your gender, and your race. And let me, let me correct myself here. Not get rid of it, but control it. Which is a liberation from that ego. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that move leads to liberation from what? Yourself. Yes, yes, yes. And liberation from yourself leads to liberation from what? From the other. The other, you said. Yes, I okay. did say the other. Absolutely. Like because other people. Other people, the other. Yes. Of course. The general mass yes. of people out there that are yes. seeking to do what? And Be how is this uh, liberated? Okay, okay. If I, if I care about your admiration or approval of oh, me, okay. I okay. have to play the game by your rules. Hell, there's other people type deal. Trying to uh, fucking... The start, okay, okay. But it's bigger than that. Okay. It's bigger than okay. that. Yes. Um, so if I wanted to get a job and you're the boss, then I cannot get the job based on my own terms. I have to get the job based on the game that you sit with its own rules and norms and statuses and roles and all of that stuff. So satisfying my ego, again, ego with all that comes with it means that I have to become a slave to the other. Now we're speaking my language. Keep yes, going. Yes. Yes. So liberation of myself from myself leads automatically to liberation for myself from the other and i think that's the cause of the tears that's the cause of that feeling of peace that's the cause of that feeling of power that i am more powerful than anybody else because i'm no longer i'm not lo no longer following that god which is the self and by 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 extension i'm no longer following you the other um so it turns out that God is asking me to submit totally to him in order for that move to free me from myself and the other. And now I can do things, see things, you know, maybe that's something you can be familiar with, the child stage of, of Nietzsche. Absolutely. You know, now I can do things based on my own term with the support of that most powerful God. This is a perfect, perfect answer segue into the point that i was trying to build up to or inevitably completely by happenstance by the way 
And it is the realization that I personally came to through the PhD program that I'm in right now. And that is that the identity politics game that you're speaking of right here, right now. And that's just a, a small extension of it. Ultimately, as liberatorily bent as they appear to be, realistically, is a, is a form of enslavement. And that's why I, I, I went out of my way to qualify it specifically early when I said a Chicano man, if you want to be even more a Chicano American, if you want to be more particular, because I started to realize that as proud as I can be of being a Chicano man, realistically, it, it, it's, it's fucking nothing. At the end of the day, it's but one of the many layers that I'm trying to overcome. Chains, chains. Chains even. Yes, chains. Right. An even better metaphor, because to keep in line with the allegory of the cave, I haven't talked about it this part in the, in the podcast yet. I'm going to, but for my students who have taken the class, maybe your class as well, because I I, I, I I was influenced with this understanding through you, is that those fucking chains, man, it's not the government. It's not the military. It's not the politics. It's me. And letting them uh, control me in every in, in every court sort of way. Your beliefs, Isaac. Yes, your beliefs. beliefs. I think that's what Plato slash Socrates was talking about when he was talking about the chains. That's what I think. That's my interpretation. And I think I'm always right. But anyway. <laughs> Very convenient. Right. But now I'm joking. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make, though, is then that this liberation from those chains and allowing you to unveil yourself and free yourself from the from the from the slavehood even. Right that you felt was keeping you from seeing what you what you consider to be the this 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 greater truth that existed before you that shit is not fucking easy to do man no that, it's that's the point that i'm trying to get to right, right, how that's, fucking difficult that is that's what that's what the word jihad means that's what the word jihad means it's the holy war against the self period jihad is different in the quran from fighting other people that's qital jihad is completely different um, so it is extremely difficult. It's not easy, but it's a process. And it's funny, and, and speaking from experience, is that God keeps giving you that taste of that high that I've been talking about, and that, therefore you, you, you believe that it's worth it, and you want more, and you want more, and you want more. You keep following it. And so the jihad, despite the fact that it's hard, it's worth it, I think. Um, but speaking of chains, um, the, the, and it's important that you see your identity or the identities that you have as um as a Hispanic, as an American, as, God damn it, Chicano, uh, uh, keep going. A Chicano, um, American, male, whatever, as chains. Because what is the function of a chain? Is to keep you grounded in one place, not allow you to go to other places. And that's exactly what a belief system does. It doesn't allow you to explore another idea. Or at the most, you explore the other idea through the filter of the one that you already have. That's God damn it. That's a chain, man. Absolutely. That's a chain. Absolutely. In Islam, in true Islam, there is no nationality. There is no race. There is no gender. None of that. You're a Muslim and you acquire your identity through the vicegerency that I was talking about. That's how you develop your identity. It's not through race. It's not through your parents. It's not through your gender. None of that. But we'll get to that when we talk about the third point. Okay. I, I see that you want to write something. Or whatever. I, I was, but it's okay. The point, I, I, I need to, because I don't want people to take away from this podcast like, yo, this motherfucker let this Muslim come on here and didn't even challenge him to any of the, the socially, uh, the social ramifications that Islam has, not just around in the United States of America, but around the world on speaking about things such as Sharia law specifically, right, 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 right? The persecution of gay people, the persecution of people who don't believe in Islam in general. So please, if you're listening to this, let it be known that that idea is going to be broached inevitably. Okay. I'm not going to just let him come in here. It's not, this is not a, I'm not proselytizing and I don't want, I would never allow anybody, let alone Allah, because I've fucking known this dude for so long. Right. 
to come in here and try to proselytize without at least offering some sort of pushback in that respect. But more importantly, what I'm trying to do now is allow him to definitely state the facets of Islam, the religious aspect that I feel have been improperly represented before we get to the parts that have been overly represented, if anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm here to talk about the fundamentals. Listen, Isaac, the Quran has 114 chapters. And each chapter, or not each chapter, but all those 114 chapters have something like 6,400-something verses in all of them. Probably 2% of all of that is talking about the Sharia law. 2%. The rest of it is talking about what I'm talking about. That should tell you something about the author of the Quran. He's interested, mostly interested in what I'm talking about because he's dedicating most of the time talking about that, not the Sharia law. Unfortunately, the overwhelming majority of Muslims, that's what they've been focusing on for years. And they're presenting Islam as the Sharia law, do this and don't do that or whatever, which God is. I'm not saying that this is not important. This is extremely important, but not as important as the ideology, as the foundations. And that's what I want to talk about here today. Um, if people have questions about um, homosexuality, whatever, believe me, you'll be surprised when you read the Quran, um, the Quran's view about homosexuality. You'll be shocked. Well, what is it? Don't keep us in suspense. No, I will, because I don't <laughs> want to distract the attention, because again, okay, this is not sure. really, it's important, course, but it's course, not really as important. Of course. Um, but, which, if you don't mind, just in parentheses, I think that's part of the illness of our culture today. We focus on the secondary and forget the fun foundations. Absolutely. Um. And and I know most people when when I talk about Islam they want to take me in that direction. No no but no, I, I'm not one of those people. Just so we're clear, right? I'm right, only right. addressing it because I, dude, we live in a society. I don't fucking have to tell you this. I get it. I get it. People Isaac, but, are going to listen to this and take away. I don't want them to do exactly what you just said. So, but we'll fucking undercut them right away and let it be known. Yep, we acknowledge that, and that is not the direction that this conversation is going. Right. Absolutely. I know, I know, absolutely. But With they all don't. due respect to the people, if they want to ask me about the secondary stuff in the Quran, that's fine. I will. But now I'm talking about the foundations and only about the foundations. Beautiful. So with that, we'll allow it to segue if you can, if, if you allow me to segue back into the discussion we were having, and that is specifically by referencing the example that I gave you of the young lady in my class who said how difficult it was to be happy. Right, yes. right, 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 right. But happiness is an outcome, Isaac. It's an outcome. And in the Quran, it's an outcome of that jihad that I've been talking about. It's not something that you achieve because you um, read a, a pop psychology book or watched, uh, what do they call them? The motivational speakers and I stuff like that. I fucking hate motivational speakers. Right, 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 right. They're cute, man. They're cute. Uh, they're, <laughs> fucking mean, they're making trash. their money. They're All, every their last money. one of them. But, I, I'm just kidding. Keep going. Anyway, um, <laughs> So, so let me ask you this. One of the benefits also, in addition to the high, in addition to the liberation of self from self and therefore liberation from other, that person who actually has internalized that belief is unstoppable, Isaac. It's completely unstoppable because that person knows whether right or wrong, but that's what she believes. She might be wrong, but that's what she believes. That person is not going to stop because of setbacks, because she knows that she's supported by the Almighty. All right. We just fucking honestly touched upon some deep shit right here. And I want to take a second to do two things. The first of which being acknowledge the fact that generally speaking, these podcasts run an hour long. Oh, and shoot. we are at the hour mark. We're at the 47 minute mark right now. But that's not to say that we're going to stop this podcast. But I am going to say that I am going to break this particular podcast 
up into different sections. However long our conversation goes today, I I don't fucking care. There is no time limit, at least for now, right? But this particularly is going to be the end of the first podcast. And moving forward, I will continue to upload the, the duration of this podcast as I see fit, whether it be in 15 minute intervals, 30 minute intervals. But the reality is that Allah just touched upon a deeply, deeply profound truth that I have found. I mean, I'm only now finding it through the Islam interpretation, which is not surprising. It's been around for a long time, right? So it's not surprising to me that they figured it out too, but it's been definitely figured out by other cultures as well. And that is that the person, what is a Nietzschean quote specifically? He who has a why can endure anyhow. I don't give a fuck what it takes for me to get there. I know why the fuck I'm going and it no, not, 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 a, not a single thing is going to stop me. And I think that is just a fucking profoundly beautiful truth. And I think it's a great way to end this first podcast that I'm going to upload, right? And we will continue uh, here shortly. So with that in mind, Allah, quick break, just like for the camera and all that kind of shit. Cool. Actually, before the quick break, we'll say um, it, if anybody if anybody was interested in reaching out to you and contacting you like outside of this podcast and not having to take a class, where would they be able to find you? Don't give away your cell phone number. No. I know you're a fucking fan of doing that shit. No, don't do the what cell phone What do you want me number. to do? I mean, how else? Okay, find me in the caves. <laughs> up in the, the mountains like what the hell I mean how, how else All right, I mean I, I don't know give your cell phone number man but just know that it's going out to the fucking world whoever's listening to this they'll have your cell phone number yeah yeah absolutely okay. it's 915-256-8351 and listen I am not fucking joking when I say that if you text this motherfucker he will respond to you it's one of the it's one of our uh, th- one of the differences I guess you could say in our pedagogic method is that he he will take the time to get as deeply involved with students as they deem necessary. And sometimes if you ask me, maybe a little bit, not too involved per se, but it's like after a while you become a crutch to them, right? Where they're just looking to you like, well, what's the answer now, Allah? Me, I'm like, yo, you gotta figure that shit out on your own, dog. Like we're all on our own journey and all that kind of shit, right? The point that I'm trying to make is that if you find yourself interested in what he's talking about this motherfucker's not going to turn you down this dude will answer your text message he will answer your phone call that shit blows my mind every single time even from people he doesn't fucking know right absolutely absolutely anytime i would love to yes me you better say something funny or interesting because i'll just be like man what the fuck get on with that shit right but if you are trying to get a hold of me you know the deal og underscore ice nice 13 on instagram ice no also og underscore ice nice 13 on twitter right so With that said, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Bye.